Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> What's up, college football fans all across this great nation? And welcome to another edition of Quick Slants, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, but I'm here with the star of the show. We got Fred Perdue in the building. What up, Fred? What's going on, man? Two days. Two, Two days. more days, and we are back at you guys with the last, and of course, not the least, of our Power Five Conference previews. Today, we're going to talk about the SEC, Fred. I'm pretty sure this is the one that most people out there were waiting for. What do you think about that? You think they've been waiting on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. All right. Well, the wait is over, and without further ado, we're going to get into it. Um, Let's talk about some some major storylines in the SEC. Of course, when you speak SEC, you got to speak Alabama. Um, Everybody looking up. At Alabama at this point, it's a chase for that number one spot. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. And and quite honestly, you know, Alabama's been the class of the conference for a while now. Since ever since Nick Saban pulled out that first one against Texas, it just seems like they have been just a powerhouse. It's rare that you see them have a down year. Nine, like nine, ten wins is a is a is a cause to say get rid of Nick Saban. I've actually heard the, these blasphemous words, and I'd gladly take Nick Saban if Alabama ever decided to get rid of him. So, Alex, please, if you guys want to get rid of him, please, by all means, I'll gladly take him. No disrespect to Manny Diaz, but um, but no, nah, Alabama is the the class of the conference. But you you gotta you gotta put some respect on Georgia's name because Kirby Smart, the former Alabama defensive coordinator has really built a, a budding powerhouse uh, on the recruiting trail, whether it's getting quarterback, you're getting guys, you're getting guys like Jake Brown, uh, and then you follow it up with Justin Fields, who eventually transferred, but nonetheless, uh, you have big-time names. You've had names like Elijah Holyfield, DeAndre Swift. You'll find out about a couple guys uh, soon in the coming years, uh, James Cook, uh, who is the brother of Dalvin Cook. So, you know, you're having the former Florida State running back. So you have tons of talent, whether it's recruiting in, in state or out of state in the state of Florida. He's going to Alabama. He's going to South Carolina. He's going everywhere to get talent. Uh, he's even going out of state to go and get guys in the transfer portal like Demetrius Robertson, who no one knows about yet, the Cal transfer at wide receiver. He's going to be a big piece of their puzzle going forward. So uh, Georgia is a big is going to be a big time contender, and the only time you'll ever see these two teams play, at least Alabama and Georgia, is potentially in an SEC title and maybe again in a, in a national championship game again. So you know these two teams have, are on a collision course at some point. But Florida's nipping at those guys' heels. Uh, Auburn's always uh, has a chance to find a way to to play those guys and 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 end their season or make their season uh, make their season a little bit more disappointing. LSU is is still hanging around, uh, whether it's uh, Ed Orgeron just finding ways to let his defense hang in games. The offense is coming around. Uh, Texas A and M, I, I think they're a distance. I think they're. I think they're a distant. Uh, third in the in the west but 
Alabama does have some competition. All right. And and for everybody out there, just in case, um, just want to let you guys know, Fred is joining the show remotely today. He's not in the studio with us today. So if he sounds a little bit different or you hear some background noises, you know, Fred is handling some business uh, while he's doing his show today. So uh, let's talk about a hot seat, man. Uh, let's go to Auburn because you mentioned Auburn. You know, they said they always find a way to play those guys tough, but um, we got a hot seat. At the at the top of the pile up here for Auburn, you want to talk about that? Oh yeah, uh, Gus Malzahn. Uh, just when he came back, you I remember uh, the national championship game when when Gene Chizik was the head coach. He was the uh, Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator. Cameron was there, and you know he went on. Gus went on to Arkansas State. He made some waves there, and then came back as a head coach. He had guys like Nick Marshall at quarterback, and that's where he had his success. Trey Mason was at running back, and they had a, a hellacious defense. Six game. We, we All of those things happened under Gus Malzahn. But since then, it's been the Jeremiah Johnson saga, which was everyone hyped him up. He turned out to not be all that great. Uh, you had the Sean White era. That wasn't all that great. Uh, they had guys like Byron Cowart come in, Montrevious Adams on defense. They were supposed to have such a good defense over the last few years, and it never really came to fruition. Uh, I, right now we're looking at Bo Nix, who's been na- the freshman number one dual threat quarterback in the country, being named their their starting quarterback. But, you know, I think this is – he's coaching for his job, quite honestly. And for me, when I look at what's going to happen, they're going to have to run the football. I think with Auburn – uh, their best time, their best years came with a dual threat quarterback, a strong running game, uh, a deep passing game. Uh, but you want to control the clock, play good defense. They want to go up tempo as much as possible. Uh, but they also have to control. They, again, they have to control the clock. They have to run the football. If you expect a freshman quarterback to just sling it around the yard 40, 50 times a game, that is not Auburn's game. And Gus Malzahn would be crazy to think this is what's going to have to happen. Um, Gatewood at quarterback as well could be a um, could be an option if Bo Nix doesn't really pan out. I think he may have a short leash. He was named the starter fairly early, so we'll definitely see. But that that is the ultimate hot seat right now. Um, and quite honestly, it would be a shame to see him go because he's had so much success uh, at, at Auburn. Right. All right. Well, and I know these two teams and this matchup is going to come up a little bit later in the show when we talk about some of the more important games in the conference. But Georgia versus Florida, man, what kind of impact do you think this, you know, these two teams are going to have on this conference this year? Man, Georgia, Florida, that's going to be – it essentially determines the East. Tennessee has been irrelevant in the East for years now. As a matter of fact, the last time they were actually relevant in the East as far as contending for a, a, any form of an SEC title or SEC East division title was 2006. Uh, Jonathan Crompton was the, head, was the quarterback, and Phil Fulmer, the AD, was actually their – head coach at the time he was pushed out afterwards the program went down you saw the likes of guys like Josh Dobbs come around uh, later but 
Tennessee has not been relevant, and unfortunately, uh, they won't have a say in this. So these two teams will, will dog it out. And as long as nothing crazy happens, this might have a law, a really, really big um, bearing on maybe a playoff spot. It may have playoff implications. So, you know, the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which is – they hate when we call it that, but that's that's the best nickname in college football <laughs> as far as rivalries are concerned. All right, we'll get back to that a little bit later. But right now, let's get your predictions on some standings, and we're going to start with the SEC West. How do you think the SEC West is going to pan out? All right, so we know we we've done it worse the first – uh, for everyone, all the other Power Five conferences. So we'll go worse to first. Ar- Arkansas and Ole Miss are seven and six uh, on this list. Arkansas, you have Chad Morris, the former Clemson offensive coordinator. He's brewing some things out there, but he's just not there yet. Ole Miss lost a ton of talent. They lost their quarterback, three receivers, a running back, and a whole bunch on defense. Expect them to struggle mightily. Uh, Mississippi State is at five. New quarterback Nick Fitzgerald's gone. Uh, this is the year is year two of the Joe Moorhead era. I could I could really see them giving some teams some problems, but they've lost a ton on both sides of the ball. Uh, Auburn at number four. This might not. This might just get Gus Malzahn fired. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not trying to get the man fired. But I just don't see it where you're where you're getting enough to beat Texas A&M, LSU, or Alabama. Uh, So Auburn is at number four. That's good enough for maybe an eight and four record, uh, maybe a a mid-tier bowl game at at the the Tony the Tiger Bowl or whatever bowl game they have. (laughs) Yes, that actually exists, the Tony the Tiger Bowl. We'll talk about that (laughs) way down the road. Uh, At number three, I have Texas A&M. Jim Fisher really building something there uh, in College Station. And quite honestly, the money he's being paid, he better be building something. Kendrick Rogers is a very good and a very good uh, Kellen Mond is going into his third year. Want to see some some growth from him. He's been his name's been buzzing as far as in NFL in NFL circles. I'm not really high on him, but the, the NFL people that do this for a living and they uh, we trust their opinions a lot more than I do. They try. I'll I'll believe in them first. So I'll I believe it when I see it personally. My eyes tell me I'm not a fan yet. He has to prove more. Uh, at number two, I have LSU. Uh, defensively, this defense might be better this year than it was last year. Uh, Greedy Williams is gone, but Grant Delpit is the name you're going to want to know. Uh, he's a think Tyron Matthew meets Jamal Adams. He is going to be a top five pick. He is going. He is probably the best safety in the country. Uh, Christian Fulton might have might just be better than Greedy Williams, and Greedy Williams was really good, the second round pick out of uh, LSU going to the Browns. So the problem also isn't the defense; it's the offense. And if they can find even a little bit, Joe Burrow comes back for his last year, the Ohio State transfer. He's going to be a big piece of this, and they can they can score a lot of points and help that defense out. They will really um, have a chance to challenge. Uh, they should at least be carrying, coming off of some momentum after that win against uh, UCF in the bowl game, in which they had nine starters not play, and they still won a shootout. That that has wow. to be very encouraging. Nine starters on defense were gone, so that has that. I mean, that's huge. 
So, and of course, we all know who number one is. Every year, I'm never coming off of it until Nick Saban leaves or something crazy happens. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, you have Tua Tonga Viola, you have Najee Harris, you have uh, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy. I mean, you have a bevy of talent, not to mention on defense. Patrick Sertain, the second for all my NFL folks out there. Yeah, Patrick Sertain's son is in, the, is in college football. He's a sophomore. He's really good. Uh, Trevon Diggs is safety. I can name a ton of names. And that, they, I mean, there are many NFL teams. They'll put a ton of guys in the league. And you might just have the number one overall pick in the, in the next year's draft. So, I mean, the West is, the West is going to be won uh, by those guys in Tuscaloosa. All right, so it's Alabama until proven otherwise. So, you know, the other exactly. schools out there, if you want your respect, you got to go out there and earn it. Let's talk about the SEC East and how you project those standings right. to stack up. All right, where's the first? Vanderbilt. Um, Derek Mason is coaching for his job. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, they have not. He's been the bowl games. He's had a little success, but quite honestly, I don't expect more, much more than a five and seven, seven and four. At his ceilings, maybe eight wins, and that's a, in a good year. Uh, but I don't see him really being much more than that. Kentucky lost a lot. Terry Wilson Jr. was a good quarterback. Benny Snell was a good running back, but those those guys are done. Uh, so I expect I expect those guys to be at the very bottom. I don't expect them to actually beat Florida this time around, but then again, I actually hope they beat Florida. So, and there's those two separate things. My hate for the Gators is, is always Trump. You know, I, I really, I really hope someone, I hope those guys get an upset for them. So, uh, for at number five, I have Tennessee. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is building something in t- at Tennessee. Uh, it's it's going to be a slow process, but it's something about those former Alabama coaches that they find ways to build on defense. And he's in the East. I mean, you all you have to contend with is South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. If you can get past those guys, you have a chance. Uh, at number four, I have South Carolina. Uh, Bentley at quarterback is a he's a decent passer, not a great passer. Will Muschamp is going to have a good defense as he always does. They're a solid group. They're an aggressive group. Uh, they're a sound group. They're always going to be keeping his teams in game. It's where it's the offense. If the offense comes around even a little, uh, and that's without Debo Samuel now, who's gone on to the NFL. So we'll definitely see about those guys. At number three, we have uh, we have Missouri new quarterback uh, Kelly Bryant, the former Clemson quarterback, who did not mm-hmm. get a ring. Dabo Sweeney, you you, you real messed up for that. that Do the right thing, Dabo. Dabo says he's not getting a ring. He's not getting a ring. I, I I think we might have to put a petition out there. That man deserves a ring, even though Kelly Bryant even came out and was like, you know, it's cool, I, it's whatever. So, you know, it, but for, you know, he had to take the high ring. Um, but Missouri, Missouri has the best tight end in the country, Albert O. Don't even ask me how to pronounce his last name. How you guys <laughs> have an issue with Tungo Viola? I, I'm not even attempting that. But yeah, we call him that. Albert O. He's he's the he would have been the number one tight end if he had come out last year. He decided to come back for his senior year. Uh, at number three, I'm sorry. At number two, uh, I have the Florida Gators. I just don't see where they're going to on offense. The defense is fine. You have guys like Marco Wilson, C.J. Henderson, uh, Stinger at, uh, at linebacker also. Uh, those guys are fine. Domingo on the defensive line. But 
I my question is always for on the offensive side of the ball. Felipe Franks is a 58% passer, yet we're considering him a good to a, a above average quarterback. I don't see it. Um, they have a ton of weapons. Uh, Tony at wide receiver, Tyree Cleveland at wide receiver, Michael P. Ryan at running back, uh, Naheem Hines, who was a big time recruit at the running back position. Those guys will have he ha- they have a ton of weapons, but can Felipe Frank put it all together? He has the size, he has the arm. I mean, he has he has Pat Mahomes type arm strength. Okay, um, okay. And, and it shows. I've seen him, you know, make hail mary throws. I've seen him with the accuracy, but can he string it together week to week? Uh, that's the real question. And at number one, I have the Georgia Bulldogs. The SEC, the SEC East champs last year, uh, Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, you know, those guys are going to – the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, who is probably going to be a top-five pick in the, in the draft next year uh, on the offensive line. Uh, you have a ton of talent on defense. Tyson Campbell was the number two corner in the country coming out of high school last year, so he's going into his sophomore year. And uh, he was also all on the same team as Patrick Hurtain the second just think about that. Uh, a high school team having the number one and two corners on the same team, that's a no-fly zone. Well, that's going to continue at Georgia, so uh, he's going to get a lot of burn this year. So expect Georgia to have a really good stout defense. They're going to be a little bit more aggressive than normal, and I feel like those guys have a chip on their shoulder. So expect them to really come out the gates uh, just hot because they want to get – started and Kirby Smart has always said that the problem they've had is finishing it's not how they start it's how they finish it's a 60 minute ball game and quite honestly they have to finish all right well let's talk about some predictions on some of these postseason awards offensive player of the year in the SEC will go to to a tongue of Viola I mean this man has Najee mm-hmm. Harris in the backfield. You have Brian Robinson. Most people don't even know who he is yet. Uh, he's one, he's uh, talking to former Alabama pl- uh, players and some some current players. They've all they've been telling me for the last two years that, barring injuries, Brian Robinson was the best running back on that team, and he's just had some nicks here and there. And then you have guys uh, ahead of him that have just kind of taking away carries, whether it was Damian Harris, who was super consistent, Najee Harris, who was a top, the top recruit. You're not getting on the field with those guys there. And then you bring in Trey Sanders, who uh, had, a, had a knee injury. He may not play this season. So he's going to get opportunities. Um, but that's we can, we can just talk about every weapon you have. I mean, you have Jerry Judy, the best receiver in college football by, by leaps and bounds. If he could have came out last year, he would have been the number one receiver coming out. More than likely, wow. the only question I have from him for him is can he play? Can he play more consistently uh, on the outside? He makes a living in the slot. I personally think he's a little bit better than Calvin Ridley, the the former first round pick out of Alabama for the Falcons. Uh, he's a bit better than him, and Calvin Ridley was a good one. Uh, you also have guys like Jalen Waddle. Uh, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. So, you know, you have a ton of talent on offense. The offensive line lost a little bit uh, up front, but quite honestly, I think they're going to pick up where they left off. The question for Tua is uh, is simply can he, can he stay healthy 
and can he show consistency down the stretch? Because it's one thing to dominate the teams like Louisville and uh, whatever FCS school that you're playing, but it's another thing to go in week in and week out, dominate the LSUs, the, the Auburns, the Mississippi States. Go dominate those guys and then on a consistent basis. Then we can call you the best player in the country. But he has so many weapons, it's hard not to take him. All right, who's going to be the uh, defensive player of the year? My favorite player in the SEC on the defensive side, Grant Delpit. He is a cross between Tyron Matthew and Jamal Adams, which makes him a superstar. He's a he's a Pokemon. He as some as one of my buddies says, uh, he's a Pokemon. He's a unicorn, whatever you want to call him. He is he can he can play in the box. He can play up top over the top. Uh, you can use him as just a heat seeking missile. He plays the run well as well. So uh, he is one of those. He's just a playmaker. He's a football player. He don't he doesn't have a position. You he you say go you say see ball. He says get ball, and that's what he's gonna do. All right, uh, Coach of the Year, SEC. Coach of the Year, Jeremy Pruitt, and I know it, it sounds weird, the Coach of the Year being on a on a team that finishes fifth in the East, but to uh, you have to understand with Tennessee, if they can win seven, eight games, he's done a that's a huge step for them, and uh, I really think with the running game that they're going to have and the defense that they're going to have, uh, I think that. That's a good start going forward. And if they can at least catch Florida, maybe catch Luton. Uh, if they can finish third, then it's all, all bets are off. He's really definitely going to be the, the, the coach of the year. All right. The top newcomer in the SEC will be? Top newcomer in the SEC. Uh, for me, will be Jonathan Grant. Okay, from Florida. Uh, all right, so I, 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 our biggest risers um, and biggest fallers as far as team, um, the biggest riser is going to be Tennessee. And the team that's going to take the biggest fall is going to be Kentucky. Uh, some of the games that yeah. we talked about here as far as most important games in the SEC. We talked about one of them earlier. Uh, biggest, uh, you want to say anything about the biggest riser and faller? Or yeah, so for me, like I said, Tennessee, if they can – if they're going to – you can't go much worse than what they did last year. Uh, with an increase in the win total, schedule is going to help. Uh, they're – they they can really really um, have a chance at maybe being that three or four spot. Um, for me, the the biggest faller Kentucky just lost a lot, and that's it's it's just a battle of attrition. It's not reload, it's rebuild, and the problem with that is, again, if you're not able to to reload in the SEC, it's really going to be tough for you. Um, and as far as t- biggest games, man, it, every week's the biggest game in the SEC, but. Uh, Florida and Florida, Georgia uh, on November 2nd is going to be absolutely huge. That is rivalry weekend. Say that 10 times, promise you'll get uh, tongue-tied. I won't try it. I'll take your word for it. Uh, But uh, also, 
Also, LSU Alabama on the following week on November 9th uh, will be a big game. By the way, um, I'm crossing over into to your side of the uh, of the world. You know that whole plus thirty thing. So uh, that might be a nice way to bring that bring that whole thing in. So so, uh, but those two games are going to be definitely huge, and they'll they'll honestly probably determine who wins each side of their division. Wow, big games. November 2nd, November 9th. Make sure you're there to check them out. Wherever you do, you're watching of college football, but there you have it, and it has been laid down only as Fred Purdue can lay it down. Make sure that you check out all of our Power 5 conference episodes, which are our last five episodes of Quick Slants on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. We will uh, have a post up about those particular five shows on our social media platforms. So look out for that. If you need to go directly somewhere where you can click it, if not, like I said, warroomsports.com, click on that podcast network tab. You can look on the right side, find quick slants, listen to all the archive episodes, but like we said, especially the power five conference previews, for the 2019 season, which will kick off in a matter of days. Fred, I know you're excited, man. (laughs) I know you're excited about this one. Let everybody know where you're going to be as far as social media is concerned when they want to talk to you once these games are kicked off. Definitely. Uh, I am am beyond excited. I'm Bart Scott excited. I can't (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, But you can catch me on Twitter. Uh, Fred Produce CFB. Also, you can catch me on Instagram. Anywhere on social media, you can catch me, Fred Produce CFB. It's it's a universal tag. I made sure you can find me wherever you need to find me. Talk a little junk. I'll talk. A, I'll talk back a little bit. Uh, but you know, I'll be focused on those those Miami Hurricanes come Saturday. Kind of wanted to go to College Game Day, but th- that ticket price, Disney slash ESPN, do better. I don't want to pay a hundred ten dollars just to go to. College game day because I have to buy a ticket to Disney World. Come on, guys, can we do a little <laughs> different? Can we do better? Uh, yeah, they're doing too much down the there. I see the finesse, though. I see the finesse. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and I'm encouraging people. If you don't have any, you better go grab some Disney stock because you know if they're going to be finagling people like this, you know, you, you know what the the parks cost. Uh, you know they got the streaming service coming out. So it's about time to make that move if you haven't yet. Just a little stock advice at the end of Quick Slants. Like we said, check everything out at warroomsports.com. You can even check us out on Twitter at warroomsports, Instagram at warroomsports, uh, Facebook. Just search warroomsports. Uh, this has been another episode of Quick Slants, episode number 92 to be exact. So I hope you've been with us throughout this whole process We will be coming at you with more and more hits as the season progresses. But like we tell you guys all the time around this time, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we'll see you chumps on top. Let's kick it off. War Room Sports. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.